You ever wonder how a company goes from an idea to making the Inc. 5000 list multiple years in a row? We did. And we found out. But what we weren't shocked by was that their focus is on their people and their culture and allowing a psychologically safe environment for their people to come forward with new ideas. And they're doing some of the things just like the world's largest companies. So no matter where you are in your journey, it starts with the people. We're joined by Stephanie Fordham, People Operations Manager, and David Inman, Chief Revenue Officer of Connected. And they're gonna share how they allow their people to shape their future. Let's go. You know, Jason and I are so excited for this. David and Stephanie, thank you so much for, for hopping on. We appreciate it. Thank you. Thank you, guys. Looking and we're looking to forward to this for a few different reasons, but really just because we've, we've, done our, we've done our best to try to tackle all areas of people leadership, DEI, compensation, recruiting, all the things. But I'm really excited to get kind of behind the curtains and peek through the lens of a of a startup that's grown quickly, but has also had to take care of your people to make make that happen. And I know, Stephanie, as we were preparing for this, you kind of gave me a, a feel for how it was at the beginning and how it changes as you grow. And I'd like to kind of take a step back to the beginning and when the company's getting founded, starting to pick up that momentum and kind of what are the things you focused on initially when you were a smaller team than you are now? Uh, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm actually going to speak for Brad because I wasn't here then. So um, I'll speak for someone who did a little bit more of this before me, but he recognized the need for HR. And uh, at the time when he, he was here, everyone was 1099. So moving people to W-2s and then to benefits and all of those things um, was a good challenge for him. He did a great job, but you definitely something when you're starting up where you have to move that direction to becoming uh, the company you need to be. And a lot of our hiring then was just word of mouth, right? So friends of friends and our, you know, uh, connections that you had and, and not so much as advertising for a job, but that word of mouth hiring. Yeah, there were, there were no job posts early on. It was, Hey, that sounds cool. Can I, can I be a part of that? That was about it. But early on, I, as far as like compliance and all of that, that probably should have been a thought earlier than it was. <laughs> early on, it was, are we making money? Are we growing? And are we having fun? And that was about it. There weren't too many concerns outside of those three things. Um, that word of mouth you guys mentioned, um, <clears throat> I was going to ask you, how was it tough to keep that word of mouth like that going in the beginning? Was it kind of just something just kind of grew organically? Was that kind of your focus to say, Hey, we know we're we're in the beginning stages. We need to make sure we have this reputation, you know, a good reputation buttoned up to make sure that word of mouth is out there so people want to come work for us. Early on, that was purely organic. There was very little thought put into it. It was it just happened. Now, also early on, we weren't hiring in huge numbers, so a little bit of organic went a long way. Sure. And then once you got your, your team in place, like what were the things that you focused on? No, Stephanie, we've talked about Nerf Wars and fun stuff like that. And David <laughs> mentioned it. Are we, are we growing? Are we making money? Are we having fun? Like what were, what were some of those things that you would do with the team to make, make sure they were having fun and being their, their best selves at work? 
Yeah, um, we've done a lot of Nerf Wars. We do lots of, I, you know, we're a heavy sales team. We're or probably our most employees over on the sales team. And so lots of sales competitions to keep that fun. They did a March Madness. We had a whole bracket thing going and who won and, at, you know, team against team. And that was a lot of fun. Um, so just trying to keep it fun. I, I like to say that we work hard and play hard. I know that's kind of a trite expression, but it, it's true here at Connected. You know, we, we expect our employees to put in hard work, but we expect them to have fun too. And we want to do that as a company as much as possible. Norfors being a great example, they, they could be pretty intense. And then I want to say it was two weeks ago, um, we had office chair basketball, which was kind of a last minute idea. And, um, Wow, that was intense stuff. <laughs> the, yeah. the office chairs are very strong. There was none that took a hit, but it's surprising <laughs> that they all stayed together. <laughs> so so you, you have one knee in the chair, you're scooting along with the ball. And you're you're sitting in the chair. Oh. Sitting oh. in the chair, scooting <laughs> I got pretty aggressive. We, we really realized something interesting that we would come up with something, whether it's uh, nerf battles or anything else that we did, and it was fun for a time. Then it kind of starts to wear off after a while, right? Even mm-hmm. nerf battles, we had to evolve that. There's an interesting uh, study I saw where they were looking at manufacturing workers and productivity, and they found out that if they made the lights brighter, people got more productive. But then later, they tested yeah. if they made the lights darker, people got more productive. So they figured out it had nothing to do with the lights; it just had to do with change. So that's a lot of what we focus on is are, are we just keeping things new right in the beginning there was a wheel that we spun and that was exciting for a while and people get bored with it so we, we have other games that we do it is and it's and it's not always games either it's just is our work environment one that uh is interesting enough that they're not going to get bored after a while because it's the same thing over and over again so when you guys come up with these ideas <clears throat> can you just walk us through like like what does that look like is that something like a leadership as a team discusses that, do you guys take surveys with your employees? Like, how do you guys come up with these different new creative fun ideas to keep the team excited and, and a fun place to work at as far as connected? Probably yes to all of those questions. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so there are mornings that, you know, we get here on Friday, we usually do a wheel spin or something fun. Um, and sometimes David's, uh, we come here and David's like, we're rolling cans, help me set it up. And, you know, and then we're setting up a table to roll the can on the table for different prizes. Um, we also take employee suggestions. Anybody, you know, can stop in. It was actually an employee suggestion that came up with office chair basketball. Um, it was an employee suggestion that came up. We also did a Nerf um, dodgeball instead of a Nerf war. We had teams play like dodgeball with Nerf guns. So, um I know it's not much different than a Nerf war, but it was a lot of fun. We had a good time. So, um, so yeah, just open to ideas and suggestions and willing to try something new. And there, there are very few things that we are completely original on. It's usually taking an idea that we saw somewhere else and then just trying it out. Right. Like, and, and sometimes it's, it's ideas that we remember from youth. I mean, one of the last things we did that was just a blast as a company was a field day. Right. And we got that from that, like, elementary and middle school when you'd have field days you go and you've got all these yeah. activities so yeah. we had a field day but it was more like the adult version of what that looks like right <laughs> so you have cornhole and you've got other things so it's trying to reimagine some of the old things that used to work and a lot of those still work pretty well that's awesome and i imagine as you've you've grown you've had to be more i guess intentional about who you bring on the team because <clears throat> you've both mentioned it 
we're trying to have fun, but we have a job to do too. And I don't shout out to uh, Travis Brown. We were talking to him the other day and he was talking about understanding your story, your culture so that you can recruit to that. You can hire to that fire to that. And I think that you guys have a good, good idea and good identity of who you are. Uh, but talk to us about how that that's changed over time and how you recruit, who you bring on uh, and how you reward to your culture and your fit. So we've got two major things we look at at, at recruitment and hiring, but I do want to say before we jump, jump into that, I think no matter how well you do at that, no matter how well you recruit, no matter how well you hire, things are not always going to work out perfectly, right? The economy throws things at you that you're not understanding. Somebody may meet everything and still not be the person that you thought they were. So we, we've designed something that I think works pretty stinking well, but it's not perfect. So I wouldn't encourage anybody, anybody to take what we did and just reproduce it. We are still changing ours constantly. So the two things we look at are one is just the company values. And Stephanie helped design these, so she'll be great jumping into what our, our uh, company values are because that guides most of our decisions. And the second thing is something that we read in a book called The Sales Acceleration Formula. It was written by the CRO of HubSpot, one of the absolute best books mm -hmm. when you're looking at just sales leadership. And so what he had recommended and what we've done is we started with a list of a little over 30 characteristics that we thought would lead to success within certain positions, right? So we have all those characteristics, and then we went through our existing team as well as all our recent hires, and we graded them just 1 to 10 on all of those characteristics. And then we just ran through and evaluated to see what actually led to success and what didn't. We ended up getting it down to six characteristics that actually lead to success. And every hiring group, we go and grade them on there. And then we, it's just an Excel thing. It, it goes and puts them in the spot compared to everybody else on the team. And if they're too low, the likelihood of success is really low. Now we've, we've decided to go against that at times and it's worked out and other times it hasn't, but that's been really useful. Mm -hmm. Stephanie, do you want to talk about core values and, or sorry, company values and what, how we use that and what that means to us? Yeah, absolutely. I also wanted to add to you, we, we, um, as we interview, our questions tend to go around those characteristics that we, that mm -hmm. we identified as well. Things like curiosity and um, coachable and so forth. We, we ask questions about that. So our interviews end up being kind of weird, but we embrace weird. So, but, you know, uh, can, I, can I give a side note real fast? One of the things that we, we really thought was going to be a, uh, an important characteristic that led to success was experience. We were confident that if, you had the right kind of experience, mm -hmm. you'd be more successful. If anything, we've seen the opposite of that. So <laughs> that ended up not being one of those characteristics. It, that paled in comparison to how coachable you were and how driven you were and how competitive you were and how sociable. Sociable ended up being an important one, right? So those things ended up being far more important than, well, what did you do before this? What was your past job and how successful were you at it? And, and David, so your point, think it, about today, how many companies still use experience as one of their top, you know, one or two things to, to hire from. And what you just said is that you guys did your research mm -hmm. and the way you do things and found out it wasn't even your top six. Like that's, that just shows the forward thinking and where things are, are going in the job space. So that's yeah. it's very eye opening to hear that. that really we miss out on some of our absolute best performers in, in sales and every other part of this company. If it was based on prior experience, you look at some of our best performers throughout the company, one of them poured concrete before this. One of them worked in FedEx boxes. Uh, another one was a teacher beforehand. Multiple actually were teachers. Like it just is from all over the place. 
experience means almost nothing in what they're going to be able to do going forward. Wow. That's awesome. I can't tell you how many interviews I've had where somebody says, I know I don't have much sales experience. I'm like, that's fine. Let me ask you some questions. <laughs> we, don't, we don't look for that here. We don't look yeah, for that. <laughs> this is a good, a good interview for you then, hopefully. You know? <laughs> so, but yes, our values we came up with um, a little while ago are, is, is own it. It's an acronym. We, so we use own it. We, we say a lot, we own it. We ask our employees to own it. Um, and own it is an acronym for opportunity world-class, no BS, impact, and together. So no BS, kind of that transparency. Um, and we use that. We talk about it a lot. We encourage our employees, especially with the no BS. Uh, we say it in the beginning. And in our interviews, we own that we're weird. I'll say it from the start. You know, uh, we're a different company. We're weird. We like that. We embrace it. And uh, we hope you're for us. But we also recognize not everyone is going to be for us, right? And um and, and embrace what we are. That's the no BS part. We tell them, you can ask any question you want in an interview because I always feel like they're vetting us as much as we're vetting them. And we want them to be uh, connected all in when they're here and not just be like, is this real? I don't know about this, you know? So we encourage questions of, all throughout that process of anyone. Um, we encourage it with our employees, walk in and tell us, hey, something is hard, walk in and tell us something is great. Walk in and with an idea, you know, whatever you want, no BS. Come in and tell us what's going on, and we want to know that. We're going to offer the same to you is what we we strive for. <laughs> I love that. And <clears throat> real quick, I love that you mentioned the experience thing, too, because I'm thinking back. It's like, how many times did I, early in my career, try to get a position? And like, oh, you don't have the experience. But I'm, this is me. Like, I can do it. Just get it. How, do, yeah. how am I going to get the experience? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, so I love that you realize that. And then no BS is so great. Authentic, transparent. You already mentioned a few examples of how you took employee feedback to improve things. It's like if we want to improve anything, why don't we just ask our people, get some feedback? Mm -hmm. But they also need to feel comfortable coming to leadership and speaking up and giving their ideas, and um, which is another thing entirely. But it sounds like you all do a great job with that. So kudos to you all. We definitely strive for it, and and back to that. No experience or even sometimes people with experience, you know, there's a little bit of hesitancy to ask, really, you know, come in and say what's on their mind. We really encourage it. Uh, uh, it's our culture that we try to we encourage coworkers to encourage each other, you know, to come out and say what is on your mind and be comfortable with it. Uh, there's no repercussion for sharing what you think. Right. And we want to know, we want to improve and we want ideas. Like I said, both good and bad, but, um, and then we can tell you why, and then you can come to understanding instead of being frustrated. So Stephanie does a good job. This is one of the, the good things she's brought to our company with the understanding of no matter how encouraging we are every once in a while, somebody will still be scared to bring an opinion forward. And so Stephanie did a good job of setting up a, a system called huddle up that makes it so that people can give anonymous feedback to it. Right. So even if it is something you're scared to talk about, we still want to know it. Uh, maybe it's just not sitting in our office talking about it. <laughs> That's good. And that kind of, I was actually just about to ask how you set that stage. A new, new employee comes on board. Like, hey, you can be open. We want your feedback. We want to hear from you. Some may not be comfortable right away. So an anonymous sure. way they can ask, but like, how do you set that stage? Like is the onboarding process? Like, what does that look like when they come on board? 
You know, I honestly think, and, and David can talk to you about this, but I honestly think it starts with the interview. Mm-hmm. You know, I think from the first touch point, at, which is usually me, um, it's usually my interview doing that, but um, I think it's important. That's when I encourage them right then in that interview. What questions do you have for me? Ask any questions. And honestly, it's the people who ask more, a lot of questions that I really get excited about referring on. And I'm not saying I won't refer if you don't, but the ones I get really excited about are the ones that, you know, hey, you brought this up. I have this question now or I have this. I love that. I think it's very cool. So I think the stage gets set from the interview, but also, like you said, onboarding, training. It's it's something we have our values all over the place um, in our office. Uh, Own it. We talk about own it a lot. And um I think it's something, it just is constant encouragement. And then if, if when, you know, if somebody is a little hesitant and when they say something to just encourage that, I, the huddle up we have, they can um, make comments anonymously. I reply to everyone just so that they know they've been heard. And um, so I think it's just important to not only encourage that, but um, to let them know they've been heard. Even if we can't use their idea or change anything, but there can be an explanation and, and they know they've been heard. And you need to be able to set the example by not only being that person that's no BS, but also when somebody brings something or when they correct you, right? I, I had, I've had this happen actually quite a few times. that somebody that reports to me or reports to somebody that reports to me and they correct me. And so I make that an example, right? I tell everybody how excited I am that they did this. I've gone on, on LinkedIn and tagged people and say, guys, this, this is somebody who reports to somebody who reports to me and they just called me out on this and I love it, right? Like those type of things, when you show examples of people doing this in a good light, yeah. that means way more than anything that we have hanging on the walls. Absolutely. You keep awesome. stealing my, my, my questions here. Cause I was just going to reference that David, cause I remember seeing that post <laughs> you tagged them and say, Hey, they just called me out. That's how we learn. And you gave a great story behind it, but that I, I love that more than, more than anything. That's fantastic. It's important to sincerely appreciate it too, because it's it's easy to tell if somebody's faking, right? If you if you call somebody out and they look offended or they look uncomfortable, you'd never want to do it again because that was yeah. an uncomfortable experience, right? So yeah. it is vitally important that in the leadership team, especially, you have people that want to get better and they're not afraid to look like they don't know everything or to to look like they don't make mistakes. You have to have leaders that are cool messing up. And, and having that as a public display. Otherwise, it just doesn't work. Mm-hmm. Bingo. I was just going to say, I can only imagine what that's doing for your culture. Because I can remember throughout my, my career being at places to where I just felt like if you said anything wrong or something to, to correct leadership, it was almost out of bounds or out of line. And I felt like that for probably more years than, than I didn't, right? So. I can only imagine kind of culture that's created for you guys when that, that kind of interaction happens within the organization. As a culture, you have to keep fighting to keep. It's for not sure. easy because most places aren't like that, right? So if, yeah. even if they start to get in that habit here and they go home to uh, to visit family and their parents aren't like that, suddenly they get back into old habits again, right? This isn't, this isn't necessarily natural. So we have to keep, I mean, there's not anything we've done that makes this a permanent part of our culture. It's something we have to keep building on. Yeah. Yeah, Jason, I'm glad you mentioned that too, because that's kind of why uh, this year I'm focused a lot on whether I'm talking to, you know, whoever I'm talking to, or maybe I'd hop on someone else's show or authenticity is 
my number one word. And it's because I felt so like I couldn't speak and I couldn't be who I really was at previous companies. And now I feel like it's all kind of click. And so I love when organizations take that stand, like this is who we are, be yourself, give feedback. We want to hear from you. So now when we transition to what's the future hold for connected, obviously you've been growing like crazy and we love to see it. But as you start to grow, things are going to be a little bit different. What does lay that out for us? Your future telling is dangerous business. <laughs> Forecasts <laughs> are one thing, but future telling is difficult. I mean, we our, our future is already different than we thought it was a year ago, right? The, mm -hmm. the economy has changed. Investors' tunes have changed on what's safe and what's not safe. Um, our platforms have changed. So it's a little bit of a difficult question. Um, I thought it was an easier question a year ago, <laughs> but I've now realized how, how dangerous it is to assume you know what's coming. Yeah. I mean, as far as the future, we, we love our core values. It's who we are. I mean, it, it's each of our leaders. That's who we are to the core. So that's not something we're walking away from. Uh, we are very, very driven on our mission to save time, simplify opportunity for over a million businesses throughout the world. So that is our our North Star, that's our guiding light on mm -hmm. what we're going to continue pushing for. And we've got some wildly exciting developments coming out within the next four to six months. The the next edition or the next version of Connected is coming out. I, I think that's going to be something that changes business. But I mean, with any of this, dude, the world's moving quick. The economy's changing fast. There's no, uh, I don't have a magic ball that's been accurate so far. So it's kind of a hard, <laughs> hard question to answer. No, that's perfect. As far as, you know, where you guys are now compared to where you were back when you first started and you were growing, kind of talk to the listeners who are <clears throat> in that spot now. Smaller organization, they're growing. They don't know what to expect. And like you said, David, everything is kind of the unknown. But kind of walk through some of the challenges you guys have faced and hurdles that you guys have gone over from where you started in the beginning to where you guys are now and kind of what that looked like. <laughs> That could be a book. We've got some of that just from last week, right? We are, we are constantly learning and then evaluating uh, where we've gone wrong and how we can get better as a team. I think a, a couple things that I would just shout out as major lessons that are on top of mind right now is one, go and talk to people that are way smarter and way more experienced than you are, right? It, not necessarily that their experience is going to be right because our business is different than any other business and any other business is different than the next one. Right. But yeah, there are still going to be some themes and similarities that are really useful to learn from. And that has been one of our, the things that is, I mean, I would almost say saved us as a company is that we have really good coaches that have been able to maybe see one step further on mistakes we're making than we could ourselves. So go and find somebody smarter than you and ask them for help all the time is a major one. And the other is, this is probably something that most businesses know, but as a startup, it, Almost feels, almost feels like it, uh, it. It can hold you back at first. Is that you've got to make sure you've got your priorities in line. And for us, that is people, product, and profit. Right. And if you lose sight on any of those three things, something else is going to fall apart. And if one of those things falls apart, everything else is broken. So make sure those are in line and never forgotten as you're making decisions. Stephanie, what else is standing out to you? I think you hit them all. I, I can't think of anything further. I agree with everything you've said. You know, you have to be able to roll with um, what's coming at you. And I, I, I can't, in my opinion, I can't emphasize enough talking to others and having mentors and people who've been there, done that. I think that 
so important. Of course, you're going to take it because you are different and make it your own and, and tweak it to fit your company. But it's so important to talk with others. And I appreciate you so much for <clears throat> letting us hear your story. I know there's at least at least a few things anyone could take away uh, from this conversation. But if you if you could, before we let you jump, kind of summarize it into one thing. And our listeners are all over the board, small companies, larger companies, recruiting, generalists, CHRO. But in general, taking care of your people, it's it's pretty similar across industries. What is one thing that if they feel like they could do a better job of their culture, recruiting, taking care of their people, what's the one thing they could they could do tomorrow, in your opinion? Um, I would start with listen. Just listen and mm. observe. I think that's one of the most important things and something we forget most of all. We want to talk and we want to fix. And I think it's very important to listen. Mine's along the same lines. I, I think that it is very easy in leadership to become enamored with spreadsheets and plans, right? And when you're sitting in this room, this battle room, and you've got all these forms in front of you, it, it seems like things make sense, right? Like this moves here, this moves here, we do this, that happens. And it all makes sense until you talk to the people that are doing it and you realize how dumb those plans are. And so I, I think that leaders everywhere need to do a better job of just, I mean, listening, but going and proactively having one-on-ones with as many people in their organization as possible. I understand as you get to thousands of people that maybe you can't sit down one-on-one -on -one with everybody, but I've read so many examples. I mean, Elon Musk for a large portion of building his company, whether you love him or hate him, he did this really well. He was a part of the interview process for every position, including the janitor, because every every person matters in building that company, right? There's no there's no yeah. person that all of a sudden is insignificant in it. So one of the things that I am really focused on is is at least for the foreseeable future, I want to have a one on one with every person on my team at least once a year, because without those conversations, the decisions I make are likely to be less effective than I thought they were going to be. That's good stuff, guys. That's good stuff. Well said. Again, Stephanie, David, we appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. Thank you both. Thank, Thank you both you. so much. We appreciate you more than you know, guys. Thank you and good luck with everything. Thank you, guys. Appreciate it. Thank you. This is fun. We can't thank Stephanie and David enough for their time, allowing us to speak with them for a few minutes. And the big takeaway for us was their ability to gather feedback and make real change to the future of their organization. I hope you took that away as well. No matter where you are in your journey, it starts with the people. That's why we created this show. So thank you for coming back to listen to us and we'll see you next time.